Greetings and welcome to our Pulse and Foursquare podcast. My name is Pastor Greg Perkins, and I greatly appreciate you have joined us today. Throughout this year of 2022, God has led me to emphasize unity among the Church of Jesus Christ. As written in Ephesians chapter 4, verse 3, the Apostle Paul wrote to make every effort to keep the unity of the Spirit through the bond of peace. Now, especially in these last days in which we live, I believe God is calling His church and His bride to come together as one in Christ. And in doing so, it really displays the beauty of what we are all to be and how His church and His kingdom will grow and reach our world today. So as we go through the Word together, I pray the Holy Spirit will speak to you through these messages and give you wisdom and revelation as to how we are called to be His unified church and then sent out to be witnesses of His Word, His love, and His presence. I pray that you will be blessed by our podcast and that you will be edified and enriched in God's Word today. So may God bless you all. The Lord for what focus, what vision focus the Lord would uh, have for us as a church. Um, And last year was on this, this uh, picture you see on um, make every effort to keep the unity of the Spirit in the bond of peace. That scripture from Ephesians 4.3 has been uh, a running theme throughout all of 2022. Uh, and we really saw an amazing gathering of churches together to see that come to a greater fruition of reality. Uh, that it is not just that I preach four square denomination. I'm a, you know, I love, I love that I, I've been called to be a part of this movement. Um, but I preach just as Amy Simple McPherson does. I'm dedicated my life to uh, interdenominational four-square evangelism. That has really been my heart to see the gathering of the church together in unity to promote the furtherance of his kingdom. Um, and so I've never been one desirous of a mega church, uh, meaning a building of, of, but I have always been one to see churches being planted. Uh, and, you know, I'm okay uh, even not being a mega church, but to continue to see God and giving and raising up other leaders to go other places. And so even in our small rural church that we are, we've started other churches. We've been a part of that. We've supported other works around the world. That is exciting to say that because of uh, really the faithfulness of the people that have been a part of this church for the last 30 plus years as well, that we've seen God do some amazing things around the world and we will continue to do so. Uh, and that's really the heart that God is inspired, really, of the Foursquare movement this year. The whole theme is uh, on mission, of, of the hundred years that we have been now, this movement. And really, I'm, I'm tagging on to that as a local church to say that we are committed to together on mission. Again, continuing that unity theme, but into this new year of being purposeful, intentional about being on mission. 
And I was recently led to this theme scripture for this year in Colossians that we're going to look at. If you have a Bible, you want to turn to this last chapter of Colossians. The whole book, and I went through this book a couple years ago together in reading through it. Um, but this last chapter, uh, Paul just begins to talk about prayer. And today, really, we often say as the new year begins, just a focus on prayer is we're going to pray and fast as well. Um, but this was his final instructions to this church in Colossae uh, about being devoted to prayer. But I want to read through this here in a second. But the whole book or the letter that Paul wrote was on just the supremacy of Christ. That's the whole essence of Colossae's letter. The supremacy of Christ and letting him be complete Lord of your life. And I hope that he is. I hope that he is. Uh, you made that commitment to make him Lord of your life. And so it really talks about who Jesus is, uh, his supremacy as Jesus Christ, as we celebrated already with Christmas of him coming to us, Emmanuel, in our Messiah. So let's read these verses, these uh, first few verses, starting in uh, verse 2. It says, devote yourselves to prayer, being watchful and thankful, and pray for us too, that God may open a door for our message, so that we may proclaim the mystery of Christ, for which I am in chains." Pray that I may proclaim it clearly as I should and be wise in the way you act toward outsiders, making the most of every opportunity. Let your conversation always be full of grace, seasoned with salt, so that you may know how to answer everyone. Lord God, we just take these words, these words that you inspired uh, Paul to write in this letter, we take this even for ourselves today. We receive this message, Lord, that you may inspire us, you may speak to us and compel us uh, to prompt us, Lord, to be inspired of your word today, to go and do the same as Paul instructed them back then in Jesus' name. To live on mission, what is that? What is it? There's a lot of people that would come up with different meanings of what it looks like. But to live on mission is simply to live your life on purpose with a conscious intention on sharing the gospel uh, with those around you or pretty much wherever you go. That you live your life as a living testimony wherever you go. And this is one thing that I try to be the same person as I am on this box as I am in the, in the ambulance, as I am in the world or the grocery store or wherever we go, that we're not just living one way and we're being hypocrites, but we're actually living what we believe. And we know what we believe, that we are representations of Jesus wherever we go. I often would say that wherever you go, the kingdom of God's power kingdom of God represents his rule and his reign in you. If you allow him to be king and lord of your life, his spirit that dwells within you, wherever you go, his kingdom power goes with you. And so even in a couple weeks when I go to Japan and, and spend time with there and, and my family over there has an idea about God but they don't truly have a relationship with Jesus. 
So I'm praying, if you would, pray for me. As I, uh, I found out through my friend, Pastor Sika, who has connections there in Japan of, of some, uh, believe it or not, uh, some pastors, one who had grown up here in Ronan. Yeah, no kidding. Uh, if those of you in the area remember a gentleman, a minister by the name of Harvey Towns, who had been active in the uh, Lions Church for a number of years here locally. Uh, he has a son named Stephen who grew up in Ronan, and uh, he has been a missionary in Japan for quite a number of years. So we're making that connection with Stephen over there in Japan. To, uh, to And he's obviously American. He married a Japanese gal, I believe, or but they have a ministry there. Uh, as a missionary all these years. So I'm going to connect with him. Also, there I found out of a four-square church in Tokyo that is reaching young people for Jesus that Sika is also friends with. And so uh, we're making that connection, and we're praying that we'll be able to go to that church on that Sunday I'm there and take my family. He's reaching a lot of Japanese uh, young people especially. He's very evangelistic, and so... I'm hoping that I'll be able to introduce him to my, my niece and nephews and my sister-in-law while we're there. So I believe God is going to do some great things in this, of not only seeing my, our family there with my two other brothers, but also to believe God's going to use it for the gospel. So wherever you go, believe that God can use you and just be a light to the world. We're together on mission, filled with the Holy Spirit to go all out into all the world and preach the good news. And so these verses that we read are Paul's closing remarks, if you will, to this church, but we can apply these same truths to us. This year we're going to focus on being together on mission and looking for opportunities to be uh, even more missional as a church, but also together with the church. <laughs> That's what I love, the, together with my brother, my fellow brothers and other churches in the valley because it's more than what we can accomplish by ourselves. It is God using us together as this church that we're believing for uh, multiplication. So number one today is really what Paul was saying that uh, to be devoted to prayer. What does that look like for you? Paul said to pray. And how is your prayer life? How is that going for you? <laughs> you know, often people say at the beginning of the year, I'm going to start brand new. If you've ever read through the Bible in a year, have you do that? Uh, today is usually the day where people start. I encourage people to always uh, go get a Bible reading plan for the year. Um, I've been using the same Bible reading plan for many years, Life Journal reading plan. Um, it's just one that I enjoy because it goes through the Old Testament once and the New Testament twice in a year. So I read parts that I don't necessarily normally read, you know. <laughs> There's parts of the Bible that are harder to, to read, and, and I want to read the entirety of the Scripture in, in the year. And that you can find on Version, a Bible app. If you don't know what that is, it's a free service, a Bible app. It looks like a Holy Bible app, Version. Go to that and you can click on plans. They have hundreds, literally hundreds of Bible reading plans through the Bible reading plan in a year. 
you can do the one I've been doing, or you can fi- find one that suits you. For There's ones that focus for women. There's ones that focus for men's ministry. Uh, all kinds of stuff that you can find for various needs um, that you may have. So you can click on multiple, and you can actually sign up on that. So that's one way you can do that. You can have all these opportunities to spend more time in the presence of the Lord and also to pray. You know, prayer points too. Prayer is essential and in our world today. Uh, we need to pray and ask God for his help more now probably than ever. Um, in our world that I see um, that prayer is a non-negotiable, <laughs> that we should have an active prayer life. Uh, we could probably all say that I need to pray more. We probably can agree that, yes, I, I you know, looking back, I, I, I don't pray as much as I should. Jesus' own disciples would fall asleep on him. <laughs> he, he encouraged prayer constantly because Jesus lived every day. As you read in John chapter 6, I believe it is, where he said he did not do anything except what the Father led him to do. How many of you do that? That you live in such a way that you, you look for instructions, you look for communication each and every day in your relationship with God. God, I want to talk to you every day. And he will. Not just talking and bringing our request to God, but also, you know, also paying attention, listening, having God speak to you because God doesn't just speak to you in one particular way. He speaks to you in many different ways. So look for God to speak to you. We all need God's help every day, and he loves it when we spend time with him. He loves it, and he loves us to read his word. He's created us all to know him, and then by knowing him, make him known to the world around us. And so he invites us into this love relationship with him and to talk with him and listen to him. And so the greatest Greatest work God does through us will be the work that he does in us first, that he's doing in us, so then we can demonstrate it to the world around us. That as we come under the mighty hand of God, that I recognize, we sang about surrender today, surrendering to him each and every day. I acknowledge my need for God. I surrender to him. I humble myself. I admit my mistakes. I admit my faults and my sins each and every day. And I ask for his help by humbling myself and coming under the mighty hand of God that he may lift me up in due time. I go to him in prayer and the way God does stuff in us and through us is by spending time with him and time in his presence. Prayer is powerful and I think the point to all these things is to encourage us to pray and to trust God God works when we pray. And we do have, we encourage people to come together here and pray. You know, for Sunday mornings, midweek prayer gathering, I will always open the door if someone wants to come and pray. We will turn the heat on. <laughs> we'll, we'll give you a key if you want to pray uh, here, but it's not just about this building, it's wherever you go that you're in an attitude and heart of prayer. Things change when we pray, that mountains move, and perhaps the most, we change. So we must ask, 
In Matthew 7, as Jesus is saying, Ask and it will be given to you. Seek and you will find. Knock and the door will be opened to you. For everyone who asks receives and he who seeks finds. And to him who knocks, the door will be opened. Do you, in James 4, verse 2, this is, you know, a solemn, you know, encouragement, I would say, to us. You do not have because you do not ask. It is a reminder to us, an important thing that, you know, we do complaining sometimes and we try to make it happen on our own because we, we try in our own efforts and God reminds us, you don't have because you can't possibly do everything on your own anyway because you simply need to ask for it. There are blessings God has chosen to give, but you may say that sometimes he withholds that, not because he's trying to, you know, you should have asked, you know, but there's a dependency God wants us to, to lean on him. So there is a withholding, if you will, for his answers until we ask him. Because he wants us to depend on him. We are created uh, to glorify him, to a need. He protects his relationship with us, not by answering until, in a sense, we connect with him. Now, God will always pursue us. Don't, Don't miss that point. God will always pursue us with his love. He will always draw us in. But there has to be some effort on our part that we're like, okay, yes, yes, God, I ask you, I need you, I call upon you, and he's there. Prayer is sometimes difficult at times because you can't always quantify it. Reading the Bible um, can be easier when I read such and such in my daily Bible reading plan. You know, I can check it off. I did it. I can can say I did the thing I needed to do for the day. But it's more than that. It's more than just a checklist. It's more than just my religious do's and don'ts that I should not do or should or should not do, but it's one that I'm just like, I'm desirous to spend time in the presence of God. I'm desirous of that. I love the word of God. I love it speaking to me. Um, You know what I often do? I I often will just not only read it as I'm, I I click, I I don't know why I started doing this. Uh, I was an advocate of never getting, never using technology. If you know me, I did not, and I still, in a lot of ways, don't like technology. But I would say, you know, those people that only use those apps, you know, they're not reading the true paper Bible. <laughs> you know, <laughs> I, was, I was very, very strong about that in my feelings for a lot of years. And now I click on it almost every day, and I listen to it speaking and reading to me as I'm reading along, because I want not only to to see the words, but I listen to it being spoken to me as well. So there's those features on that, that app as well where you can listen to it. And, or if you're in the car or you're in the shower or something, you can listen to the Word of God being read as well and follow along. So, um, so that, that's important. Now, some wonder if their prayers really make a difference, you know, 
Um, sometimes the things I pray aren't always answered the way I think they should be prayed. So prayer can be difficult or in the time that I want it answered. Um, you know, we pray for food, we pray for provision, we pray for safety, we pray for healing. We, when we uh, put our kids to beds, uh, you know, I've prayed with my kids over the years, but many times we, uh, you know, we forget to pray. We forget about that. Or we pray only when we are desperate. Or we pray, um, sometimes we pray familiar prayers. Um, meaning the Lord's Prayer, but we, we, we some, there's never going to be anything wrong with repeating the Lord's Prayer, but it's more than a mantra. It's more than just repetitive words. It's meant to be what Jesus intended it all along, is take those things and, and pay attention to what it means, that you're asking God's provision, your daily bread, you're asking for his protection, you're asking uh, to forgive your debts, you're asking to forgive others that have, you know, there's so much depth in that more than just the, the words that we have in English in that prayer. But it also begins with worship. The essence of the Lord's Prayer, hallowed be your name. That it always starts with an admiration and a worship of God when we pray. So don't forget that part. When I was a little boy, my mom and dad would come to pray with me at bed and my brothers when we went to bed and I'll never forget that prayer but it also had a frightful experience in my early childhood as uh, as my parents would pray this prayer with me now I lay me down to sleep I pray the Lord my soul to keep if I should if I should die before I wake I would pray the Lord to take my my soul to take little did I know at the time that Afashadai was not a special word. Because that's what I, all I remember my dad or mom praying with me, Afashadai. And I'm like, Afashadai, or whatever, whatever, that, whatever, that, whatever that was. Uh, little did I know that it was actually saying, if I should die. And that was very scary once I found out that's what it meant. <laughs> uh, and so I didn't even want to pray that prayer anymore. I actually looked it up, and it's actually a prayer uh, someone wrote down in the 1800s that was included in, in these children's reading reader books that they had to memorize in school along with all these other scriptures. So people, children would repeat these in the prayer books, uh, unlike schools today. But anyways, Paul wrote these words, uh, concluding the words on prayer to this church, uh, these were ordinary Christians, not just pastors, not just leaders, uh, to encourage them on the importance of being devoted to prayer. Prayer is often about changing us, and we spend time in that relationship. As I mentioned, I want to devote myself, to commit myself, to dedicate myself to being a person of prayer. Uh, and the Greek word means to continue or to devote means to continue to do something with intense effort as you commit yourself I am intentional in this I am purposeful in this I will be devoted to do this are you devoted to prayer will you devote yourself to prayer even as people make new year's resolutions be devoted to prayer on this very day that I will do that this year and evidently prayer is a big deal 
And uh, it is an important thing God wants us to be reminded of. Every day is easy to get caught up in the mundane and the busyness of life. Uh, This last year, I have not probably experienced more busyness in my life as well as other people's lives in the church or that I've found. This last year was very uh, busy for people, more so than I I wished it was. But um, I can busy myself with projects that never end, and we can busy ourselves with with, um, building projects, cleaning projects, doing laundry, doing yard work, pulling weeds, and right now... Uh, you know, there, it's just there's so much. There's so much in our, in, in our lives that, you know, uh, I did not do a garden this year because I couldn't do a garden. <laughs> I can grow really good weeds in my garden. Um, but I decided just to grow weeds this year instead. Um, but I just find time that, you know, there's many times in my life that I just don't spend time also resting. Uh, and that is important as well, resting and having Sabbaths and so on. So that is not only my devotion to prayer and spending time in the presence of the Lord, but also to spend more time uh, not overburdening myself with too many things this year. So um, it says in First Thessalonians 5.16, Rejoice always, pray without ceasing. This is a devotion to prayer, that you are praying without ceasing and giving thanks in all circumstances, for this is God's will for you in Christ Jesus. So, uh, prayer without ceasing, it doesn't mean that I can't do anything else but to be praying, but when Jesus is our example of prayer, he still did stuff. But it was through that attitude of prayer, wherever he went, that he was always tuning in with God. And that's the prayer without ceasing, I believe God calls us to do. Always being in connection wherever you are at any moment of the day. That's prayer without ceasing. And when you're in a conversation or you're you know, caught off guard or when you're in a con- talking with someone, that you can just you, you can be praying in the spirit, in the and you could be talking to the Lord and say, God help me to be able to answer this person. Give me the wisdom, give me the words to say right now. Also, sometimes give me the words to not say or help me to shut up so I don't mess it up anymore. You know, there's times where God just says, okay, that's enough. Walk away. Walk away from the situation. Number two is that we need to be watchful, as Paul wrote. Be watchful in prayer. Being watchful. What is that? In the Greek words, to means to uh, stay awake. There's watchmen that were uh, called specifically to keep an eye on the on the walls, or that you know they would be watching uh, from the walls of Jerusalem to see it at night. You know, being careful to be watchful of anything that might be coming against uh, the city, so to speak. And so it really means to stay awake. You're not a good watchman if you're not if you're sleeping. So if you're put on watch in a, in a military thing, if you're caught sleeping, you're going to be reprimanded for it. There has to be someone that is awake um, to be alert, to be vigilant and uh, expectant. You know, you've got to be on top of things, in, in other words. And so, you know, when I'm driving an ambulance, 
I'm watchful. <laughs> I'm watchful, especially when I have the lights and sirens going on. I am always watchful. I'm, you know what they teach us too when you're going through intersections, especially in those situations, when you're, is to look at the person's eyes in that, those side roads. If they don't see you, they don't see you. <laughs> so you're looking at them because if I'm going through, you know, some, I don't know what speed I would be going, but I sometimes very fast, and I have to look at their eyes, and sometimes I've had it many times. They pull out right in front of you because they don't see or they don't hear the, uh, the sirens. And so, you know, I've avoided many crashes when I've gone code like that. Being attent, uh, attentive, it is... We live in Deer Alley, right along here. How many of you have ever hit a deer before with your car and destroyed it? I have. No one? Oh, man. I don't know if you're true Montanan, if you know. <laughs> but it is, yes, that you see all of the uh, road debris and all the carnage from, from all the deer and, and animals on our highways. Um, you have to be alert. You have to be watchful. Uh, of those things. So there has to be an attentiveness to things, especially in the dark age in which we live. Using that example, there's often shadows I have to be, that doesn't look like a, you know, in the dark, and then it turns out to be a deer right in the middle of my lane, you know. And I think about, we have to be attentive and watchful because there are, Evidences of the enemy, the shadow, if you will, that is getting in our path, and we have to go, no. We have to be careful. Watchmen were very important in the Bible, and they were meant to stand guard, to warn people. To, they also had trumpets. They would blow, and they would warn others of anything that would be coming against or any danger they saw. And there's many scriptures that talks about this very thing. It says in Psalm 127, verse 1, it says, The Lord keeps watch over the city. Ephesians 6, 18, it says, Pray at all times in the Spirit. With all prayer and supplications to that end, keep alert with all perseverance, making supplication for the saints. Praying in the Spirit, if you don't know what that really means, it's talking about the baptism with the Holy Spirit with evidence of praying in tongues. There's an element of a prayer life that God could give you if you desire more of a prayer life through the baptism of the Holy Spirit. You can ask me about that later if you want more understanding of that. Isaiah chapter 21 verse 6 says, For the Lord said to me, Go, set a watchman and let him announce what he sees. So Isaiah was Again, saying, announce what he has seen. And then prophets like Ezekiel were considered watchmen. Per prophets can be watchmen. Ezekiel chapter 33, verse 7 says, Son of man, I have made you a watchman for the house of Israel. Whenever you hear the word from my mouth, you shall give them a warning from me. So that's pretty powerful. My name, Greg, actually means watchman, too. So uh, that's interesting that God has that meaning for the name Greg. 
Also, the Garden of Gethsemane, uh, verse, Matthew chapter 26, verse 41. Jesus told his disciples to keep watching and praying that you may not fall into temptation. The spirit is willing, but the flesh is weak. We know that to be true of any of us. The spirit is willing, but the flesh is weak. Uh, they fell asleep. Um, and so we have to be watchful. Um, and number three is that we need to be thankful in prayer. Just as I read, in everything by prayer with, in supplication with thanksgiving, present your request to God. Being thankful for what we, what we have. And the Greek word thankful is that is eucharista uh, means to be thankful, grateful, to express it with thanksgiving. And so it's where we get the word eucharist, or in other words, what we call communion or the Lord's Supper. Um, in taking communion, it is a time to remember what Jesus sacrificed for our sins, but also that thanksgiving unto the Lord uh, for what he's done. Signifies salvation, new life that we have in Christ and his blood that washes and cleanses us and heals us. And so again, in, in 1 Thessalonians 13, give thanks in all circumstances. Um, sometimes I'm not always thankful for all circumstances, but I'm thankful in those circumstances. I had a lot of difficulty this last year. I would say financially, it was a stinking year. Uh, with car problems in my family. It was just not a good year. So I'm believing God to, for 2023 to be a year for myself, for my family, of just declaring and decreeing that God's provision would be made for you as well. Uh, if the enemy has stolen from you in, in the previous years, that this year would be a year of his provision and uh, blessing in your life. But in those things, I am thankful because there are times when I could say, God, you spared me from even more problems. The funny thing is our, our Suburban was old and it still is old. But, but, but we literally, went, Jill and I went to a conference in the springtime over to Billings and it drove perfectly. We got up in the morning and it literally died basically in the church parking lot where the conference was. It died. Right there. We got there. And it didn't leave Billings until it had a different engine in it. <laughs> so we, we felt like the Lord, you know, provided and, and uh, we ended up getting a different engine put in, in, in this mechanic. And Yaz and Monique, who were here speaking, uh, uh, ministers in the church in Billings, led us to this mechanic that was just a great mechanic. It was a blessing. And uh, anyway, God, you did that. I could have broke down somewhere else, you know, but you literally got us to where we were. And I was thankful in that circumstance. You know, it says in the Philippians chapter 4, Rejoice in the Lord always. Again, I say rejoice. Let your gentleness be evident to all that the Lord is near. Do not be anxious about anything but in every situation. By prayer and petition with thanksgiving. Again, there it is. Present your request to God. And the peace of God which transcends all understanding will guard your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. What are you thankful for? 
What are you thankful for? Many, many things. I am so thankful. I can always think of blessings that God has done in my life. Today and probably every day, give thanks and praise God. Think about what you can be thankful for. And he said in this, right after that passage in Philippians, Paul writes, Finally, brothers and sisters, whatever is true, whatever is noble, whatever is right, whatever is pure and lovely, whatever is admirable, if anything is excellent or praiseworthy, think about such things. I think what we, what we dwell on is also uh, going to be those things that either are going to depress us and... and uh, bring us down or we're going to be thankful and we're going to say, God, I might not see all the answers right now and I'm, I'm confused. I'm just, I've been discouraged. I've been honest with God about how I feel about things. At the same time, God, thank you. Thank you, God. I want to think about the things that, of the blessings that you do in my life. What is praiseworthy? What is admirable? Whatever is lovely. Because it is in that, Lord, that you will give me your peace. And then fourth and lastly is be missional in prayer. Back to this uh, passage that we read in, in Colossians, Paul asked for prayer. He was asking this church to pray for him, as I do for, ask you uh, for prayer as well. It says, pray that a door for our message would be opened up, that I may proclaim the mystery of Christ, of, of his, who he is, that I would be able to proclaim it clearly uh, wherever I go. This is a good prayer to, to claim for yourself. That God, I may be able to proclaim the gospel clearly wherever I go, uh, as well as being wise with how I talk and how I act in order to be a good witness uh, with also a preparedness. I think there is importance in preparing yourself of being discipled, being in a Bible study, being spending time with others and, and, and teachings and, and dedicated to that. Paul asked for people to pray for him so he could preach the gospel better and proclaim it clearly. And uh, How often do you pray a missional prayer like that? At the time of writing Colossians and Philippians that I mentioned, Paul was in a jail cell. He was in prison. These are the prison epistles. And so this is where he was. He was in a jail cell. And even Paul writes in Philippians, he says, I have learned to be content in any situation that I'm in. I've known what it is to have plenty. And now I know what it is to have nothing. I am still thankful nonetheless. But these chains, he said, I'm not thankful necessarily for the, the ball and chain around my ankle, but I am thankful for all the things that God has done in my life and through my life, and he was still being used even in the midst of a prison cell to write these letters that we still have. Paul was literally in a Roman prison. And, uh, and so he didn't ask for prayer to get out of jail. You don't find that. Please pray that you send me bail money or, you know, <laughs> pray, pray that you get me out of this situation. He did pray that I would be able to visit you one day. You find that in his letters. But I think he got his prayer answered many times because his letters ended up in the Bible forever. We have these words today.
Paul asked for prayer. Then he gave his final instructions to be wise in how you act to outsiders, making the most of every opportunity. And Paul writes the same words basically in Ephesians, because the days are evil. We are living in evil times, like none that I've experienced in my days. Not only here in the United States, globally we're seeing such a resistance to the gospel that doesn't ever and should never hinder us from preaching the gospel, be an example of it. I have a pastor friend of mine that he is a chaplain over in a Seattle hospital, um, Seattle-Tacoma area, and he's told me that, you know, he is not allowed to even mention Jesus' name, to pray in Jesus' name, to even have a Bible with him. He can't do anything. Now that all these other religions can have their Koran and their other things, it is such a mockery of Christianity in our nation that was founded on Christianity that they don't allow him to take even a Bible with him when he goes to visit these patients. It is aggravating, it is frustrating, but he, he went to his superior, who is a Christian, and they were saying, you know, you can't do all these things, you can't do this and can't do that. He goes, what? but he, he told him, he goes, but you can't take away the word that's planted within you. The word of God that is planted within you that as you're talking to someone, you're speaking scripture. You don't have to go, according to Colossians 4, you know, you don't have to say that. Because there's power in the written word. Because we believe it to be true. So wherever you go, though we are limited at times, I still believe when I speak to people, I'm speaking the very words of God. And wherever you go, the word of God that is within you, whereas in other countries, in these uh, closed countries to the gospel, they, can, they memorize scripture. They memorize whole chapters and books of the Bible even some, the entirety of the Bible. In China, in some of these closed countries uh, where you, many, many people spend years in prisons, they know, they've memorized these scriptures. I've heard many, many stories over the years about that and visited and talked to people firsthand uh, with people that have done the same. And sometimes it's so easy for us to forget these very words in this book. So memorize it. Spend time in it. There's power in these very words. Uh, so he gives those, uh, these things to them, instructions to pray wherever you go, making the most of every opportunity. He gives several instructions. One is to be wise. And the Greek word here is sophia, which means a spiritual wisdom. It is a wisdom you can't just learn uh, in any book or any school. Um, it's a wisdom that comes from understanding and experience. Anybody today, you'll find uh, anything you need to know, where do you go today? Come on, everybody knows the answer to this. YouTube. <laughs> anything you want to know I mean you know and, and I'm sure it, it's aggravating for any medical doctor because any, any t so person that comes into the office now they've already gone to uh, what is it MD uh, 
Yeah. WebMD, yeah, they've already diagnosed themselves before they even walk into the clinic, you know, nowadays. So it, it's, it's aggravating, you know. But, you know, everyone's a Google mechanic or a YouTube mechanic, you know. It has helped me. Yes, I like that part. But, uh, you know, you can look up all these things in, in three, find an answer, YouTube video. But uh, Sophia is not YouTube wisdom. That's not what it's talking about. Uh, it is mean that you are truly learning. You are actually understanding. You are gaining wisdom. The fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom and understanding. That's a good place to start. <laughs> Second instruction Paul said was to take the most of every opportunity. Uh, does not mean it doesn't translate well from Greek. It basically means to be all in. To be all in, that you're completely committed, means to buy the marketplace if you really want it. That you want it now, so give it to me now. I want it. I'm going to be all in. I am selling everything. I'm buying the farm, you, so to speak. Uh, you don't want to wait for Amazon Prime you want to get it now. <laughs> you know, if you want something so bad, you're going to drive for it, right? I got to get to Missoula to get that thing right now today. But uh, you make the drive to get it. And this is the attitude in life that we should have and live with sharing Jesus with people around us. Don't wait that we want to do it today. Live in such a way that your life is a living testimony. And that's, that's one thing that I can't think of any other compliment someone could give me um, throughout the years. Just like, Greg, I'm thankful that you are the same type of guy that lives your faith wherever you're at. And that's, that, I'm just like, that's just me. I don't know why people don't. Why do people live different, have two different faces they wear? Just be yourself. Be real. Be this authentic believer so we don't turn people away from the Christianity. And Ephesians 5, verse 15 and 16 says, Be careful then how you live, not as wise, but making the most of every opportunity, because these days are evil. We are living in days before the Lord's return. The Lord is coming very soon. And so, are days more evil than they've been before? There's nothing new under the sun. Things have been hidden in darkness for many centuries. It's just now being prideful about sharing it and living it out in the open. It's still the same sin, it's just now prevalent and vocalized more. And if you speak out against it, you're shunned or silenced. We're living in a day where we have to be bold. We have to ask God for boldness to continue to speak the truth in love. But don't shy away from being that person, being committed to prayer to first. To loving these people that need Jesus. To be salt and light in our world that needs to know the truth. Thank you, God, that there are not just many truths in our world. There's only one truth. And Jesus, you said this very thing.
that I am the way, I am the truth, and the life, and no one comes to the Father except through me. This is a timeless message. It is offensive to many to speak and to the uniqueness about what you said about yourself is that you're not just a truth, a way, a life. You are the only way, the only truth, and the only life. And Lord Jesus, that we would recognize our need for you, God. We would spend time with you in a relationship that you want to have for us, that, Lord, we can become like Jesus together and represent you wherever we go. Would you open doors this year to amazing opportunities to be your light and your salt in this world that does not know you, in a post-Christian generation that doesn't even know what the Bible is? Lord, that we can be your truth. We can be living representations even of your word that is planted within us to speak your truth to these people when they don't even know we're quoting scripture. Thank you, God. Thank you for these people. And Lord, that we will together serve you and be on mission with you, especially this new year. In Jesus' name, amen. Hey, thanks for joining us today. My name is Billy, and I'm the online media director here at Polson Foursquare. I hope that the message was encouraging to you, and if it was, consider subscribing or following us, or even sharing it with a friend. If you're looking for more information, you can find that at polsonfoursquare.org, or check out our Facebook. With that, I hope that you have a blessed week, and we'll catch you next time.